what's going on. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. Francesca Mantillo is the founder of Lazy Italian Culinary Adventures, which is just as fabulous as it sounds. She provides cooking classes, easy-to-make Italian recipes, and most importantly, guided culinary tours around her homeland of Italy. Like many entrepreneurs, she's still working a full-time job and wants to turn her side hustle into a full-time business that can provide for her. So during this live coaching session, Francesca and I dive into what her true goals are in the next phase of her business and how that will get her closer to doing it full time and back into what action she needs to take to make it a reality. We discover that her cooking classes and Italian tours actually require their own different marketing plans as they attract different people, which led us ultimately to defining who her avatar for the tours really are. And we spend the rest of the session digging into creative ways Francesca can go about getting in front of them in a meaningful way. Strategic storytelling, making sure she tells her story as an Italian woman and foodie who is passionate about sharing her country with others, creating a local meetup group so she can build quality in-person relationships, and Google ads were just a few of the things that we discussed. This episode is ideal for you if you're trying your best to figure out what you should focus on to give you the fast results that you really want to get out of your day job and into doing what you truly love to do full time. So enjoy this awesome live coaching session with Francesca. Francesca, what's going on? Thank you so much for having me here, Katie. I'm so excited that you're here. So excited. Oh, well, I'm excited that you're here. I was specifically interested in your application to do a live coaching call because Italy is one of those places that I have always wanted to go and it's been on my bucket list and I have never done it. We'll have to work on getting you there. So Mm -hmm. it's it's partially selfish because I'm like, ooh, I got to go. I got to know this girl, what she does. (laughs) But also because... What you said in your application on what you need to work on, I think is so, it's going to really speak to a lot of the listeners and the community members of the Biz Women Rock podcasting community. So let's start with a general description. Sounds good. So I started my business at the very beginning of last year. So 2016, I called it Lazy Italian Culinary Adventures because it's got a couple of different angles to it. The lazy part comes because I offer cooking classes. So a lot of my students like quote unquote lazy recipes. They like recipes that take 30 minutes or less and recipes that they can bang out on a weeknight and quick and uh, lazy was a little bit of a tongue in cheek name, uh, which I get a lot of, uh, I think a lot of people like that. The culinary adventures are the culinary tours to Italy. So I'm a native Italian. I was born there and I traveled back almost every year since we moved here to the Boston area. It's really something that I really enjoy. I love going back, but the nine to five full-time job obviously doesn't really permit for enough vacation time, doesn't pay enough to have adequate time in Italy that I would like. So I said, well, I really enjoy that going back. Let me see if I can make a business out of it. 
in 2000, the beginning of 2016, I had, uh, I figured I'd spend the whole year just like marketing and promoting and trying to get out as much as possible. I got myself on the Boston Globe. I did my own marketing and managed to get myself on a few notable publications. And the cooking classes at the same time were going well. I do about one a month in my home. And I also do them at the adult education centers. So those are really more like an hourly rate type of thing. But that lets me meet people who have an interest in doing private classes and also an interest in the tours. I got pretty discouraged that the tours I had scheduled for 2017 didn't sell enough to actually run. So that's sort of where I am now is a little bit in the discouraged phase. Will this work? Will this not work? Will this continue with this? Um, where do I go next from from here? It really kind of uh, demoralized me, to say the least. And, and I know that I made some mistakes along the way. The tours I had scheduled were for very competitive cities. There's a lot of competition. I had scheduled them for Rome and Florence. And between the competition and between the fact that a lot of people have already been to those cities, I was doomed. So I, I have three scheduled for 2018. By scheduled, I mean I have them on my website that I'm trying to market to more unique destinations. And I'm, I'm, I'm sort of hoping that those sell better because they're not as com uh, competitive. They're in different regions and the type of regions that people I feel would need a tour guide, whereas Florence and Rome, honestly, people can probably navigate on their own. But these other cities I selected are a little bit more, they're in the South and people usually like to travel with a guide in the South. So I'm doing those things differently for 2018. So that's where I am right now. Okay, so what we are working on today, it, we're kind of leading right into that is how can you actually make a go of these tours? And mm -hmm. kind of the bigger question on the other end of that is like, how can I make that a viable business, right? Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And what else could I add on to my business in addition to the tours that would make them profitable enough to sustain? Because the, just the tours alone probably aren't going to be profitable enough to make. It's almost like it's a seasonal business. It's only May and June is beautiful. September is beautiful in Italy, but it's not going to be like a year long thing that I can do. So what do I need to add to my business model to make it a year long sustainable business? Uh, the cooking classes are fun, but they're not obviously very profitable. So I've been looking to see, I do a lot of writing right now. I, I Like I said, I managed to get myself contributing writing roles in several high profile outlets, but they're non-paying. So those definitely help with the marketing, but they don't help with the income. Yeah, got it. What What's your goal? Like, what is the big purpose of growing this business? What do you want to see happen, let's say, in the next year or two or three? Sure. Uh, quit my full-time job, for one. <laughs> That's definitely one of them because I still have my full-time job that I work at. You're doing the uh, side hustle. Exactly. So my ultimate goal is to sell out at least three tours, which will give me the momentum that I need to pursue it on a full-time basis, to perhaps break into doing private trips for people. I think that would be one definite way of adding revenue, adding to private cooking events, basically make it not just the tours, not just the cooking classes, but add maybe some paid writing, culinary and travel writing. That would be definitely one thing that I would love to do. But it's the, the writing I do now is very well received and gets a lot of shares and likes and comments on social media. Um, but it doesn't pay the bills. It helps with the promoting and getting people to my website, but it's non-paid. 
the topics of the writing that you're doing, is it all about traveling Italy or is it about Italian food? It's both. It's about, um, I've noticed that what's best received is the cooking. People like recipes and those are linked to my website. So there'll be days where I'll have five or 10,000 new visitors to my website, but they go to the blog where the recipes are. So they don't necessarily go to the tour page. So I'm not sure that it's, it's time well spent if it's not bringing in business. The very first thing that I'm seeing is that while there is overlap, like while there is complementary reasons for having the food and the cooking and the tour events under the same banner, like, yes, they both kind of help each other out. They're two completely different business models, in my view, because of exactly that. Like, for example... If I'm going to go and research like what's a quick, you know, Italian meal that I can make, I'm going to find your recipe. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm interested in going to Italy. Like that doesn't immediately translate. Could you get people there who are interested in going to Italy? Yes. Could you have a process on how to figure that out? Absolutely. But it's not right in line. I agree with that. And and also, too, the reason why I agreed to do a lot of the public cooking classes at the adult education centers was to meet people for the tours. And I'm finding you can afford a $70 cooking class and you're having fun and, you know, we're, we're having a nice evening. But then that doesn't mean you're going to have an interest in a $3,700 tour. What might be different there, the way that you could tweak it to make them work in line with each other, if we were starting with the lens of the cooking classes specifically, not just the recipes on the blog, but the cooking classes would be if you offered more of a culinary tour. And And the the, the tours are mostly culinary based. They're cooking tours. They're cooking tours. So they're food and wine tours. Gotcha. Okay. They're not tours that are geared towards museum visits, historical sites. I mean, there's a little bit of that, but it's definitely culinary tour. We take cooking classes in Italy. That's what I have scheduled cooking classes, winery visits, uh, visits to like the honey and the cheese farms. So they are food tours. Okay. Tell me why these last two tours didn't sell out. Who did buy them and who did you think would buy them that didn't buy them? So I, like I said, I had four scheduled. Out of four, I was hoping to get, they were each for about 10 people and I only ended up selling two tours for one city. So we did, I couldn't run it. The the people who had bought it were a couple who were in their 60s, uh, major foodies. They weren't food. They weren't cooking. They weren't good recipes. They weren't good wine. They were excited about doing a, a culinary tour. And and that was also having to tell them that we had to cancel because that was very painful. That was like not one easy call to make. They, I had told them, you know, uh, we need it at a minimum four. I was willing to run it at a loss just to get myself that momentum that I needed. I said, we need at least four. Uh, once we have those four, I'll let you know. And they had gone ahead and purchased their airline tickets without oh. confirmation that the tour was running. So that was, it was just a very difficult time. I was just bringing tears, just thinking of the stress that I put this couple through. And they were very nice about it. Yeah. Um, but of course, understandably, they were very upset that had made plans. Yeah, that doesn't feel good. Ooh. No. Okay. The one thing that is giant standing out to me is who is your avatar? And that's the reason why I wanted to know who did sign up and who that was. So it would be worthwhile to talk a little bit about who is this ideal person who's going to do this, who's going to do a culinary tour over Italy. And then we can back into like, where 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 are are they? Right. Right. Where are they? And what can you do to get in front of them before they're ready to book the tour? I'm definitely gearing this towards folks in their probably late 50s, even 60s, who are retired, empty nesters, 
have disposable income and the time availability to get on a plane for a week for good food. Um, so it's definitely something that I envision somebody like my mom's age or 50s and 60s, even later, if they can handle um, some walking and are healthy enough to do touring. I, I don't think this is something that is geared towards the 20s and the 30s because they're going to be able to prepare an itinerary for themselves on their own. They're not going to need my services. Not to say the 50s and 60s can't do that, but the 50s and the 60s have the disposable income to say, you know what, I don't feel like doing my own research where I'm going to stay, where I'm going to eat, which winery I'm going to visit. I'd rather just pay a flat rate and have somebody else do all that for me. You know, AARP. I always say if I could get myself an AARP, I feel like I... <laughs> okay. So who's the ideal avatar for your cooking classes? I think the cooking classes are probably more open to any and everyone. The, the, they're at the adult education center. So I'm finding that folks are usually a little bit older. Um, they're not like the 20s and the 30s taking these kinds of classes. It's mostly older folks, folks who have more time on their hands and are looking for a fun evening. But I mean, I have gotten younger. I've even gotten college students in the cooking classes who are on their own for their first time and don't know how to cook and are looking to... How how did this couple find you? Uh, Facebook. Got it. Yeah, that's... If I look at my statistics about where my traffic, most... All, 95% of my traffic is coming through Facebook. And I think it's because I write for a few, like I said, high profile publications that post the stuff on Facebook. They're Italian, an Italian American organization. So they click on the story and then it brings them to my website. So they did find me through Facebook. Okay. So I'm going to make a couple of recommendations on what I see. And I want to deliberately set this up this way. I'm only going to talk about the tours, the culinary okay. tours, because mm-hmm. I see that as a different different marketing strategy than the cooking classes. And like I said before, there is some overlap and there are strategic ways that you can get those two to talk. But truthfully, I think you can do a lot better if you go in deeper to the avatar and where they are. And I don't know if those people are always showing up for your cooking classes. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. No, so, I okay. So let's talk about strategic ways that you can market. So it sounds like you've been out doing brand building, basically. You've been doing visibility. And I'm an expert. What A giant thing that's sticking out to me is as you market, as you make yourself visible, what's very important is that you establish yourself as an expert at culinary, Italian food, and the area. And so it's not just it's not just food. It's really the travel of it. So what would immediately say something to me is wherever you are, whether you have like a following on a Facebook page or wherever your platforms are, your website, you absolutely need to tell your story. You need to say, here's like everything that we just started out with raised in Italy, like know the area, total foodie. And so I want to give people that great experience too. That needs to be everywhere where you are because that immediately differentiates you from the 80,000 other people who are doing this. And it makes it super special. So, and it makes it very, and it's totally true. You're showing your heart as to why you're doing this. You know, I'm really, I love showing people the parts of Italy that they wouldn't normally get to see. And that's, very food and wine inspired and shows you the best of my country. You know, like that is so personal and it makes me connect with you and not just the product that you're offering because the product that you're offering, you know, a hundred other people can offer me that product. What's going to make it special is you. Right. And I agree. And I feel like I I try to sell that a lot because I obviously I've looked at my competition and know who's out there and who's doing this. And a lot of them are 
of Italian descent, like three, four, five times removed, who went to Italy once, fell in love with it. And they're like, oh, I'm going to start a business. And all respect to all women and men who start a business. But I just feel like, you know, I, I grew up there. I know the land like the back of my hand. And if I were to go to France, I'd rather do a tour with a native French person than somebody who just went there once and it's like, oh, it's so pretty here. I should bring people. It's not, it's not the same thing. What is really important for you to tell in your story is why you love the country so much and why you love the food so much and why you are so ridiculously passionate about making sure other people have that experience and get to experience that specialness. And you, my dear friend, are the wonderful one who gets to navigate that for them, right? That is, that's a very, very imperative part of your marketing. So number one is make sure that that gets switched around. You know, I was looking at your website before. And so it would be really, if you want the tours to be the signature thing, then make the tours right there on the front page. Get them there. And don't just have it be like... Um, a, a tab in the middle of a sea. Exactly. Like, and, and don't, you know, the cooking stuff, if you're, if you're continuing to do blogs and cooking things, and that can be a side thing that could be just another page. It could be like that specific link that people are going to when you post about it. That's great. And I'm not saying to totally sidestep that. I'm just saying like decide where your energy and your attention is going to be. So it sounds to me, you keep telling me about the tour. So let's focus on that. So mm -hmm. make that the signature stuff that is right in front of everyone. So, you know, your whole site, Lazy Italian Culinary Adventures, like that I wouldn't even think that you have classes. I would think that I'm going on a tour. Like that's what that says to me. Good. <laughs> so yeah. Another thing, I'm, and I'm just going to shout out a couple of random ideas that I'm having and how they might play into this bigger picture for you. You're in Boston, which is great because you have a lot, I think that you have a lot of your avatar there. And so what that means is that you could get a big bang for your buck by doing something local. To me, that means possibly setting up... Well, let's back into this for a second. You would have to think about how are my avatars... Like, how are they going up when they're starting to get interested in something like this? Where are they going to, to research? What are they going to do? I don't know how relevant it would be. Like, I don't know how probable it is that your avatar of that age bracket is actually going to a meeting cuz I was going I'm about to talk about meetups. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going. I think that they would if they knew that there was information out there that could help them with their travel plans. So what could happen is that you could start a meetup that's a reg you could try this out once or just as a regular meetup that would be planning your best trip to Italy. And basically what you're doing is you're sharing your expertise and you're also then going to say like, hey, if you don't want to do this on your own, I do it for you. Um, yeah, right, right. Right? So that's one way to do that. That is a very boots on the ground type of a way to do it, okay? It's time intensive, ain't gonna lie, but it's totally worth it, especially if you get to look people in the eye and they're like, oh my gosh, Francesca knows all this stuff from A to Z and I totally trust her now because I've come to this meeting twice and she's giving such great suggestions. I'm gonna go ahead and book through her. So that could be a really powerful way to make it happen. The second thing that I'm thinking as far as sort of more global marketing or like a bigger piece of marketing or bigger platform is a podcast. And because I tend to love podcasts and I know you are a listener of podcasts, I would back into, is your avatar actually listening to a podcast? I don't know if that's true. Like my parents are around that age and you know, like they're retired, they're traveling. They know what a podcast is. They've li they might have listened to a show once when I forced them to, but you know, I don't know. But that's kind of the mindset that I would ask you to look at marketing, which is where are your people going when they're researching what to do for their big trips that they've always wanted to do? 
AARP is one. So I would absolutely keep knocking down that door. If you have credentials from other really great publications, keep knocking down that door. Keep asking AARP if you can write an article, you know, all that sort of stuff. That would be a big hit for you. But also see if you can maybe be a contributor to other blogs. I mean, your avatar is looking online. They are looking on Google. I would think about Google ads. You know, what are what could you do for Google ads to come up that, you know, you have a special tour going on. So they're Googling that. If you can get a really great instead of or maybe or definitely in addition to instead of writing recipes, Start thinking about what awesome blog posts that you can write that are very story driven about why you chose that location, not just the description of the location, but why it's important to you. My grandmother took me here when I was a kid and there was this great story and she fed me this. I mean, like your personal story. Mike, I bet you have a gazillion of those in your head. If you could start creating content, that's what I would do for content marketing for you and find a platform to put that on. A, your blog is the most immediate and then you would share it on a Facebook page that you have, maybe on Instagram. Again, maybe a podcast if you wanted to share it that way. Maybe on a YouTube channel if you wanted to, if you had some great visuals that you could do, you know, something super simple is you could create a YouTube channel with you audibly telling the story or the blog post Mm -hmm. while there's pictures of the city going on, right? And you could do like, you know, Animoto, I think is a really great tool to be able to do that, just whatever that is. But I think it's in your stories that you're really going to differentiate yourself and how you're going to reach this market. So practically speaking... The meetups are a really good idea to sort of get get there. And then I would do some backing into like start searching around, like start going on Google and doing the searches that these people did. Right. You know, like they found you via Facebook. So start looking on Facebook and go research in the search bar, like travels to Italy and see what pages are there and or what groups are there. Possibly you could create your own group. Possibly you could get just super active in other active groups and become right. somebody of influence there, become somebody of a resource there. You could possibly reach out to these group owners or these page owners. And if it's appropriate, see if you could help maybe do a little class for people on what to, you know, the best tips if you're traveling to Italy. To Italy, right. Even something as simple as like what to pack, you know. Girl, honestly, if you sat down, this is why I'm, I love the podcast idea, but honestly, any platform would do this well for you. If you could sit down and brainstorm on kind of an FAQ, like what are the 10 biggest questions that people have when they're going to Italy and how can I answer those? You need to step into this role of storytelling expert and I'm going to help answer the questions that people are searching for online. So if somebody's saying, hey, what do I need to consider when I'm bu- when I'm booking travel to Italy? What do I need to consider when I'm, you know, uh, what are the best cities to travel in Italy? Group tours for Italy, like start you. By the way, I would be remiss if fellow podcaster and Biz Women Rock community member Taylor Bradford would kick my butt if I failed to mention that it would be very worthwhile to start looking at Google search terms. Okay. Figure out from Google's perspective what people are searching, what terms they're searching, and then write articles about that. That okay. and combine those with the answers that, and the questions that you know that people are asking too. There's tons of traffic out there. Your job is to write the articles that are going to get in front of them that are going to show up when they're searching. Mm-hmm. Okay, got okay? it. Oh, that's it's a lot of information. That I know makes it's a lot. lot. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense, though. Is there a way through Google to find out what? people are using for keywords. Yes. And I'm kicking myself in the head that I'm not remembering this at the moment. It's and I know you listening are like, Katie, it's Google keywords or Google. Yeah, it's 
I want to say if you if you look up on Google, Google keywords, or how do I find what terms are searched a lot on Google, it'll give you that exact tool. It's a free tool that you could go in the, you know, in the back of Google and your Google account to be able to figure that out. So you could type in a lot of those things and figure out what are people actually searching for. Typing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Usually when I look at my own website and I see 95% of them are brought to me by Facebook, but when I see the keywords and how they found me, it's not about the travel. It's usually like easy Italian recipes or like, oh, you know. So that's- let's address this. So, th- so that's a lot of information there. So what I would recommend as an action item from here is to write all this stuff down Number one, start writing with a description of your avatar. You know her here, you know her and him. By the way, I don't know if it's the woman typically who's making the booking. I think that that might be true. But get even super clear on that. Who's actually doing the research to make the booking? Get really clear on your avatar. Get really clear on all of these options and then ask yourself, what's the next best thing I can do? What's the next steps that I can take? What I think it is, is doing content creation and just cleaning up a, a little bit about how you're creating that content and creating the platforms meaning make those shifts on the website, you know, make it really obvious when people come to you, what it is you offer. So as it relates to the cooking stuff, I mean, it's a giant potential right there too, because anyone who is a food blogger gets that there's so much potential in being a really good, great food blogger who, who can then lead that into different things that they offer. I don't know if or where you want to go with that. If that's something that you really want to do, you have traction for it already. So I don't know. What do you, what do you see for you there? I mean, I think that there's some possibility. It's not something I would want to give up altogether to, I don't know. I feel like there's some potential there, even in, even if it doesn't bring me customers for the tours, if it's not taking all of my time and it's still bringing people to my website, um, then I think it's worth it. But I don't know. Yeah. So I would say just keep experimenting with that. If you want to think about like ways that you could do a crossover, meaning, for example, this would be the perfect example that really marries everything that we've talked about. Start creating recipes that have a story from your family. And then talk about at the end of that, say, hey, I take people on tours of of Italy because I'm so like, you're telling the story again of why you're so passionate about that, but you're creating a recipe. The best food bloggers that I love and read are the ones who tell stories behind every... Now, granted, I'm not always reading the story, all right? Straight up, I'm oftentimes like scrolling right down to the recipe, but they're so good because they tell the stories behind the recipe, behind why they chose it, what it's doing, what's going on in their lives right now, all that sort of stuff. Right. That makes sense. What I've been doing for um, the last few recipes is I've been tying them to the regions where I have scheduled 2018 because one of the regions is my native region of Calabria and I've I, I'm trying to do exactly like you said, you know, I'll do a whole story and then a recipe then underneath. Oh, by the way, we're traveling there in September. Well, you should join us and just throw kind of throw that in there. So, yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to leave the food blogger cooking recipe business model alone for now, because I think this you absolutely should not stop doing it. But I think you can toy around with it a little bit. But Really move forward with if what you want is that if a big goal is ultimately to leave the side hustle behind and be able to do this full time, you want to go with the bigger bang for your buck. And right now, what I think that what I have not mentioned that I think is super important to do is to get really clear on how many people you need for each, how many, like, um, how much revenue that brings in for you, like get really clear on those numbers. So you're not like winging it. Right. And then you could do something. So I'm showing this to Francesca in video. You can't see this right now, but 
So right now what you see is like a visual chart. I call this a scoreboard. And so I have a chart, a visual chart at the time that we're recording, we're a few weeks away from the Biz Women Rock Retreat. And I, at the start of it, drew out a chart of the rooms, the beds, how many private rooms do I have, how many bedrooms with two beds, how many bedrooms with four beds in it. And then I created, this is kind of an updated one that I just revitalized this morning. I created, even at the beginning of this process, who I thought would benefit the most from this. So immediately, you would probably surprise yourself. This is when I get into like, marketing doesn't have to be so giant. You probably know at least four people who would be, who would love to do this tour. Right. And so instead of going big marketing, get personal and talk to those four people about the thing. Do you know how many individual reach outs that I have done, individual calls, individual, like, you know, let me just chat with you and see what you're up to. And, and when, and if it's appropriate, I'm talking about the retreat because it's exactly what they're telling me that they need. Right. They need, right. So the point is, is that this is when marketing gets from big to super intimate. And so y- the great part about your product is that it doesn't take that many people to make it a super success for you. So the more zoned in that you can get into the one person that it's ideal for and do that and build that relationship, the better you are. So go off, build this expert storytelling, you know, personality. That's awesome. But simultaneously get really clear on who you have in your sphere of influence. Like who do you have around you that you can build these one by one relationships with? Okay. Got it. So anyway, to to finish the story. So this chart on my wall basically becomes a scoreboard. So I see, okay, who just registered and where are they going? Awesome. So it becomes a visual of how many beds are available. How many do I need to fill? Like, yay. And so I know all my numbers there. I know what my break-even point is. I know what, and I can get excited about like building beyond that and what that really means and having the perfect like group of women there, right? Right, right. So it gets very intentional. Yeah, no, definitely. Right now I feel like it's more like, oh, cross my fingers. Let's see if this works. I, I, I can't, I can't do it that way. No, it needs to be very specific. This is why I don't believe in general marketing strategies. I believe every single business has a different marketing strategy according to what their purpose is and what their ultimate goal is. Your marketing strategy may not be exactly the same as another person who does tours to Italy, even that specific. Right. It's all about who you are and what you want to Uh, what programs you want to fill or what tours you want to fill and then backing into what is the best way that I can go connect with those people. Got it. And and then doing the, what I'm going to call the bigger marketing, which is the brand marketing, which is what you're doing now. Just tweak it according to what we talked about, about storytelling and making sure that you're seen as being so set apart from anyone else. Got it. I think it's there. I think I do see myself as different than what other people are offering. I think I just need to be more comfortable with my own voice in expressing that. And other people need to see it. That's the thing. And that's that's the communication. That's the marketing. That's the visibility. So like, how are you getting out there and doing it? Like something as simple as showing up for a Facebook Live like and talking about how you're excited that you just opened up this tour and why? Why are you excited about that? You know, like... Tell that story. Those darn Facebook lives. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, whatever it is, the idea is, is that you have to get out there. You have to make yourself visible. You have to make yourself known. This is the marriage of the personal brand and the business brand, girl. The reason why it's so beautifully perfect for you is because you are your brand. Like, you are what makes this entire agency special. Yeah, no, I agree. I think one of the things, too, is that 
from a personality perspective, I tend to be a bit reserved, but I realized soon after I started this business that I, I, you can't be an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, if you build it, they will come. You have to go out and get them. <laughs> yes, you do. You have to go and make yourself visible so that they find you, so that they're attracted to you, so that they see you. So this is where, this isn't just like go out and get them. It's like find where they are and then get in front of them in strategic ways. That they're mm-hmm. going to see you as an expert. They're going to connect with your story. They're going to be so inspired to be like, yes, I do want to go to Italy and I have to go here. And I don't want that. And I have to go with her. Well, exactly. Because I don't want to take care of all this for myself. And like, oh my God, like you've got such a unique blend of like foodie. By the way, that's another term that you probably want to look up. Like food, like that's what you said right away about your people. Like foodie and originally from Italy has family there knows the land like there's this beautiful marriage of all that stuff so that's what you have to keep on bringing to the forefront okay okay got it yes awesome all right was this helpful it was very helpful with so much I hope I get my own replay of this because yeah. <laughs> I've been ta- I've been taking notes there was a lot of information there and a lot that I hadn't thought of so I'm excited to take this and uh, go to town with it Remember that these live coaching sessions are here so that you can get deep insight into business issues, ideas, and challenges that we all face as we create strategies, solutions, and action plans that you can benefit from. It's also a super awesome way to see just how transformative it can be to allow another qualified person into your business so that you can save time, save money, and energy that you would normally take figuring it out on your own. If you are not seeing the results that you know that you are meant for in your business, then let's talk. One-on-one private coaching and strategizing could be exactly what your business needs right now to push you into the next phase of growth for your business. Just go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash work with Katie and let's schedule a time to chat. Hi, my name is Tina Conroy, the Intuitive Women Podcast, and I am so grateful to be coaching one-on-one with Katie. Katie coaches from both her heart and her brilliance of business mastery. Working with Katie has given me the confidence to not only be an owner of my business, but to value my gifts, and I continue to transform myself and others, which I love. My business has doubled, and I have had my best financial year to date. Thanks, Katie, for being such an amazing coach and mentor. My very last episode of 2017 was called A Year in Review. It was a really honest look at what had happened during that year, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, the lessons, all that good stuff. The overarching theme of that entire episode was mindset. The fact that I chose to commit to a daily and regular mindset practice in 2017. And that practice, the dedication to that practice, developing the muscle to show up every single day to train my mind to create the results that I wanted to see in my business is exactly why I know that my business revenues tripled from 2016 to 2017. Those results is exactly what I want to give to you, which is why I created a totally free seven-day mindset challenge. This challenge is going to be the perfect jumpstart for you to start developing your own daily mindset practice. And it's yours completely free. So go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash seven day mindset challenge. The business of your dreams starts in your mind.